Can Denver Broncos edge rusher Randy Gregory help elevate the pass rush if he stays fully healthy this upcoming season? That's one of the questions we ask as we take a deep dive into the Broncos edge rusher position heading into training camp. You're going to get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. Every single day, you can watch us on YouTube. You can get us free and available everywhere. You get your podcast in audio format, so make sure you subscribe or you follow so you never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news, content, coverage, analysis, and more every single day. All year long, our edge rusher training camp preview kicks off here on today's episode of the show as we continue our Broncos training camp outlook, looking position by position. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Sarah, my friend, this is one position you and I were talking off air before we started doing today's show about maybe this team and talked about the perception some people put out there that, hey, they're they're thin depth. I don't think that's the case. There's just a lot of unproven commodities, but Denver has quite a bit of edge rushers right now on the roster as they head into training camp and their storylines for each player as we prepare to break it all down on today's episode of the show. They really do have a lot of edge guys, Cody, and I think really what maybe people are kind of tripped up about is obviously this Baron Browning injury news, right? Having the arthroscopic procedure on the knee potentially lead to a PUP appearance to start the year. And of course, nobody wants that. Baron Browning, I think, is arguably the guy and maybe not even arguably perhaps the highest ceiling of any of the Broncos edge players on the roster. So people kind of holding out hope that maybe he's the best guy or that he could be the best guy. And now he's injured. So what does that mean? Right? Well, Broncos do have a couple of veterans, of course, Randy Gregory, who missed a lot of last season after starting off looking really good. You bring in Frank Clark after the news comes in about Baron Browning. So now you've got a couple of veterans there. You've got Jonathan Cooper, who we've spent quite a bit of time talking about him on this show. Very excited for what he could bring to the table. And then Nick Benito, the second year, former second round pick out of Oklahoma. What is he going to be able to do in year two? Can he be one of the most improved players on this team? Maybe the Broncos are counting on that. I guess we'll find out as we get closer to camp in terms of what they do with the roster. And then back-end guys, Aaron Patrick, Christopher Allen, Thomas Incoum, Marcus Haynes. There's lots of guys at this edge position. So, I mean, outside linebackers coach Michael Wilhoyt, he's got plenty to work with there. Then you've got pass rush coaching specialist Jamar Kane. Obviously, there's going to be a collaborative effort to get these guys ready, Cody. But I think when you look at the room, it's it's maybe just a, a lower ceiling than what people want, especially with Baron Browning on you know potentially the PUP. And I think that's really the biggest question, right? What is what do things look like with Baron? And and I can tell you this: he he posted something on social media a couple of weeks ago of him doing rehab, and he's doing things that look. Like he's he's looking good. He's progressing well. I've talked to some people close to Baron and he's making tremendous progress. We'll see what the timeline eventually looks like as we get a little bit closer into training camp. Probably maybe get an update from Sean Payton, even though he tells us 
I'm never going to give you anything on injuries. But then sometimes he gives us something on injuries. And we're like, ah, but you told us you weren't going to give us anything, Sean. But we'll see how things go there. But I look at this position group and you and I, I think the theme, we've been very consistent. We're going to be consistent going into training camp with this is, okay, you know, right now on paper, I, I think the general observation from anybody talking about the Broncos edge rush room there are question marks regarding health, you know, status, you know, whether or not a player can take the next step in his development. And I think it has a lot of people saying, okay, well, this has got to be the Broncos' biggest weakness on the defense. And it could be, right? Maybe it could be. But I think you and I have been kind of banging the drum that maybe we'll be surprised this year, kind of how we were with inside linebacker last year. When we looked at it, when we did our training camp position previews, we thought like, hey, inside linebacker, looks like the weakest part of the Broncos defensive roster right now, but then they surprised us in the regular season. They're actually one of the bigger strengths that they had throughout the last year consistently. So maybe the edge rusher position is there. And you mentioned the guys like Frank Clark. And I think maybe a big question we're all trying to figure out because Sean Payton said, Hey, he's going to play outside linebacker. Part of me is wondering though, Sarah, like, is this, is he going to start off as an outside linebacker, but is the plan to maybe play him at defensive end? I think in my opinion, if it were up to me, Sarah, I would more so put Frank Clark at defensive end. And if Baron Browning's not ready, I would start Jonathan Cooper opposite of a guy like Randy Gregory. But then again, I'm not the coach. We'll see how things pan out. But I always thought that just from watching the Chiefs, and even you you talk to Chiefs fans as well, when Frank Clark was playing outside linebacker, he wasn't getting as much production, right? So when they moved him back to defensive end, it allowed him and Chris Jones to obviously thrive and eat a little bit more on the defensive side of the ball. So a question that I have going into the season is how that dynamic works there. And then you talk about young guys on the roster. Look, Jonathan Cooper, so impressive during OTA, so impressive during minicamp. He could be primed to take a very, very big step forward, not only as a role player, but hey, he could eventually become a potential starter for this team on the defensive side of the ball. And then we get to obviously one guy from last year, Nick Benito, second round pick, late second round pick for the Broncos. This is where I think we all want to see him in training camp. And in the pre- I think more so specifically, we want to see him come out in the NFL preseason and dominate and get after the quarterback. And you need to see that because what did we see last year in the preseason from edge rusher specifically? We saw Baron Browning go out there to a point where you and I were texting each other like, all right, hey, get Baron off the field. He's, he's dominating whoever he's playing. Get him off the field because you're going to need this guy in the regular season. Can, can maybe Nick Benito get to that in the preseason? I think is a great question to ask here. You need to have your best 11 guys out there on the field at all times, right? And and of course, that doesn't mean they're going to play 100% of the snaps. But look, if that means getting Frank Clark in the defensive end position opposite of Zach Allen and putting Nick Benito and Jonathan Cooper out there a little more, making sure they get snaps, I think that could really help. And we know Frank Clark does have the size, right? He's 270 plus pounds. As an outside linebacker, that's pretty hefty, right? You're asking a lot of those guys, at times to drop into coverage. I know that's not ideal. We see complaints every single time, you know, Von Miller dropped into coverage or Bradley Chubb would drop into coverage. You see complaints all the time when that stuff happens. So to see Frank Clark drop into coverage, we'd be getting the same type of comments on Twitter throughout the game. Why is Frank Clark and co- why is he covering Travis Kelsey? Hey, you know, I'll tell you something. I saw, I was watching a couple highlights from uh, some of the games last year, the Denver's playing as I was doing, I was trying to piece together some things on a couple players I'm writing about. And there were times where I saw Jonathan Cooper, Jonathan Cooper. I think it was against the Baltimore Ravens. And I, there was a time against the Kansas City Chiefs where he was in coverage. Like when Justin Simmons made an interception, he was in the end zone right there covering a guy. So the outside linebacker position it has to have guys that can maybe do a little bit of both. I agree with you. 
Yeah, don't sleep. Don't sleep on those guys. I remember back in his rookie season, remember that huge game he had against Dallas as well. I was just uh, watching him with, you know, with a focus on him and the all 22 after that game. And I remember seeing a number of clips of Jonathan Cooper in coverage, hanging with these wide receivers and tight ends. He's just got fluid athleticism. So yeah, don't sleep on the, especially Nick Benito. Remember we talk about him as a positionless guy at Oklahoma. Oftentimes, actually, if you go to YouTube, Nick Benito's highlights at Oklahoma, there was this one play that just went down as an uh, incomplete pass when all was said and done. But he made an actually just a tremendous read on the ball and near interception. That was uh, it's incredible. So these guys, they can play in space. We know Baron Browning can do that very well as well. So I am not opposed in the slightest if if, you know, Frank Clark has his hand in the dirt and these other guys are able to go out and do those other responsibilities, playing in coverage, doing those things. But it's going to be a, a wait and see approach from us because we're all hoping to, to get a clear picture of that as training camp and preseason roll along. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Can can they piece it all together? And I think obviously new coaches, you know, how do you get acclimated to maybe how a coach coaches? Luckily, these guys have been in OTAs. They've been in mini camp. They're going to be able to adjust. I'm excited to see it all play out in the preseason. How much will starters like Randy Gregory play in the preseason? I think is a valid question to ask. We'll obviously get a little bit deeper in that because, hey, Denver's going to be playing in a preseason game here in just about uh, maybe two and a half, three weeks. So, hey, sir, Broncos football is almost back in Broncos country. We're going to have you covered every step of the way. And on today's episode of the show, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into some training camp battles at Edge Rusher specifically. Who are some roster locks in our perceived opinion at the position? You're going to get that much more on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you, our friends over there, FanDuel Sportsbook. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you're going to land $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. That's 200 that you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over and under to who you think is going to hit the first home run in a game. And you get all of that on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's also NFL futures you can get involved with pertaining to the Denver Broncos right now in terms of winning the entire AFC. The Broncos have the 12th best odds of doing that. Can they make a push now with Sean Payton? Can Russell Wilson find resurgence in Payton's offense this season? Can the Broncos defense play at the level they did last year? If that's the case and all those things happen, Denver's got a really good chance there and you can get in on all the action at FanDuel. There's no better place to bet on MLB or the NFL than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com. Slash locked on FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball and the National Football League. Who's battling it out for positioning on the Denver Broncos roster here in 2023 at the outside linebacker or edge position? What are some roster locks maybe for this position group? Are there very many of those? I think that those are some huge questions, and we're going to discuss that. We're going to talk about it, but before we do, we want to say thank you very much to everybody who listens to Locked On Broncos, making us your first listen of the day every single day. And for you everydayers out there who join us, whether you're in the car, whether you're watching us on YouTube, we appreciate you. Mile high salute to every single one of you. And your engagement means so much to us. We highly value, obviously, every single one 
of you that takes the time to listen and not just support the show, but be part of the show along with us. You're commenting on YouTube, joining us on Twitter for the conversation. That's what this is all about. And so we love it. So, hey, give us some of your thoughts on the edge position for the Denver Broncos, your roster locks, maybe a sleeper, how you see this position group shaking out. And Cody, this is always my favorite position group to watch in the preseason because you get a bunch of talented guys off the edge going up against, uh, no offense to the offensive linemen, but typically not as talented offensive tackles. And so this is typically a position group where you can find those gems in the preseason. And I just think back, all the, the Broncos players from the past who have really shined in the preseason, guys like, you know, it could be big names like Shaquille Barrett or it could be lesser known guys like Lorente McCray. Remember his big preseason a few years back? So it's always fun to watch pass rushers and it always seems like somebody emerges. But before that somebody emerges, who do we view as roster locks at this position group right now? It's a great question, right? Because I think if you can identify a few guys who are locks, then I think it maybe makes it easier to kind of project how maybe the depth behind those guys will play out. And I think if you look at it right now, Randy Gregory, obviously a roster lock. They're paying him a lot of money. Baron Browning, a roster lock, in my opinion. Frank Clark, who they really signed. It's a, it's a low risk, high reward type deal for them. He's a roster lock, in my opinion. And I think Based on what we saw in OTAs and minicamp and what Sean Payton said about Jonathan Cooper being important for what they want to do, I think there's four guys who are legitimate roster locks at this position. And that is, like I said, Cooper. It's going to be obviously Baron Browning, Randy Gregory, and Frank Clark, which kind of leaves things into question. Like, what about Nick Benito, right? And I think it's always interesting going back to this point here, Sarah, and I'm going to throw it to you. I'm curious for your thoughts on this, but Sean Payton has talked about it so many times in his press conferences with us about it doesn't matter about where a guy is selected or where he was drafted. I mean, there's times he's cut a fourth round running back for an undrafted guy. Could maybe if Nick Benito doesn't progress forward, doesn't have an impressive preseason, do we feel like Nick Benito could be a player who is at risk of maybe not making the roster or could be maybe included as someone that is included in a trade potentially as George Payton has done that before in prior years? Yeah, that's definitely on my radar, Cody, and exactly for the reason that you stated, because Sean Payton kind of throws draft status out the window a little bit. And I think Nick Benito, obviously, being a second round pick last year, a lot of people would want to say in an ideal world, yeah, he's a roster lock. He was a second round pick just a year ago. But man, if you don't come in and perform here at training camp, if you don't prove that you've gotten better from last year, from what they evaluated on tape, this is going to be a decision made all about winning and keeping the best 53 and man if somebody one of these young guys comes up I mean we're talking about a lot of talented players here with Christopher Allen was one of the Broncos biggest undrafted free agent pickups last year in terms of the guarantee that he received and then of course they stashed him away on IR Thomas Incum, another guy who got one of the biggest guarantees of any undrafted player Aaron Patrick coming back from the ACL we know that he can play special teams so there's a lot that Nick Bonito is going to have to overcome. I mean, even as a second round pick, he's not guaranteed, in my opinion, to make the roster. And that could lead to somebody wanting to maybe trade for him or include him in a package deal. And we know the Broncos, they may be looking to add to that NFL draft war chest, as George Payton likes to do. Kind of had the compromise last year where he let Sean Payton go after his guys and had the what five draft picks in total. And this coming year, we could see a plethora of draft picks coming to Denver. So I just think Nick Benito, he, he's on my radar as one of those guys that 
could be a surprise roster cut or obviously ideally you would like to see him get traded for something but man it's going to be a big offseason for him to prove that he belongs in the lineup in the rotation and potentially even just on the roster in general well, and so if those four guys we talked about are roster locks, it really opens up significant competition. It goes to, once again, the question we've been asking for several of these positions is how many guys do you keep at the position? I think five or six are ideal. And if that's the case, it really minimizes the window for certain guys to make the roster actively, right? You know, and, and there's some talent. Like you said, you don't want to lose talent, but there's a better understanding of some players that, okay, hey, this is a risk. We let this guy go. There's a chance another team claims him, but if not, we can bring him back on the practice squad. I look at that, and I think there's an all-out competition. I mean, if those four guys are really in competition and, and locks there, I think everybody else, we're talking about Aaron Patrick, which, look, Sarah, I saw this guy in person without football pads. <laughs> it's it's so ridiculous to see how big and how athletic this dude really is. Aaron Patrick is a freak of nature when we talk about being you know size, speed, athleticism at outside linebacker. He does have, I think, all the tools to be a player, not to mention he was one of your key special teams guys. And that really put the Broncos in a position last year, obviously, when he suffered the unfortunate ACL injury that should have been avoided uh, at the Chargers game on Monday Night Football with him stepping on the pad uh, that they had put out to protect some wires, which, you know, is a risk. And I'm not sure how the lawsuit thing was going with that, but Aaron Patrick can play. He can definitely play. And part of me wonders when the Broncos suffered the injuries that they did last year at the position, and obviously you lose guys like Draymond Jones at defensive end to injury, and Denver had no pass rush element in those final three games of the regular season. I was really asking myself here, like maybe Aaron Patrick could have made a difference and could have given us, I think, a little bit of a broader vision of maybe what he can become in terms of player development. But then I'll throw out other names out there as well, like Christopher Allen. We're going to get our real first look at Allen in training camp this year and potentially preseason this year. And then he's going to be competing alongside against other undrafted guys, as you mentioned, the Marcus Haynes and the Thomas Incombs, both players who, in my opinion, Sarah, I thought looked really well during OTAs, their mandatory minicamp. But here's the thing. There were no pads there. How do they look now once we get to training camp on July 31st, the first fully padded practice here for the Broncos? How do they play in the preseason? To me, this is one of the more intriguing positions to watch going into training camp, going into preseason as we talk about building a roster, which eventually down the road, you and I are going to do a show here projecting the 53-man roster and what it looks like. And Broncos Country, we're always going to include you in that conversation as well. You can send us your picks once we get there a little bit closer in time after we see some preseason action. But overall, Denver's edge rusher position, it's not like they lack bodies. They have tons of bodies at the position. But who separates himself? Who steps in? Who emerges as a guy who can contribute, whether it be on special teams, whether it be in the defensive rotation? These things have to be answered here in training camp in the NFL preseason. So Broncos country, if there's any specific position battle or edge rusher that you're looking at regarding specific players, let us know in the YouTube comments if you're watching or let us know on social media at Cody Rourke NFL, at Sarah Bettinger, at Lockdown Broncos. If you're listening, wherever you get your podcast in audio format. But our conversation continues as we go through and we project what the Broncos edge rusher room will look like this upcoming season. How many players will they keep there? We'll share our thoughts. We want to hear from you as well. You're going to get that on today's episode, Locked On Broncos. Real quick, make sure you go check out the Locked On NFL podcast, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts. are also available on YouTube. The franchise tag deadline has passed. Tony Pollard did not sign a deal with the Cowboys. Will he play on the franchise tag? What are the statuses of players like Josh Jacobs and the Las Vegas Raiders and Saquon Barkley and the New York Giants? Make sure you check out the Locked On NFL podcast for all your previews and up-to-date information as teams prepare for training camp. Coming up here very shortly in the next week, you're going to get that on the Locked On 
NFL podcast. As it pertains to the Broncos edge rusher room at outside linebacker, what are some traits that players need to have in order to make the roster? We're going to share our position projections here on today's episode of the show real quick. I just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day every single day. Thanks for watching us on YouTube or listening to us wherever you get your podcasts. You can always get this show for free every single day. So if you've not yet subscribed or followed, make sure you hit that button so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content, coverage, and more. We have you covered every single day all year long. Sarah, let's open it up, my friend. Let's get into our roster projections at Edge Rusher specifically. We've talked about the players. We've talked about the storylines associated with various guys, potential position battles to keep an eye on. At the end of the day, as we get ready for the regular season, which will approach very, very quickly once training camp actually gets here, how do you see the edge rusher room playing out for the Broncos, specifically on the defensive side of the ball this year? How many players are they going to keep, and who are those names there? I think you got to look at five or six guys at this particular position group, and really what it comes down to, whether you keep five or six, it could end up being a factor of, is Baron Browning on the PUP to start the season or not? Because... If he's not on the PUP to start the regular season, he'll obviously count against the 53-man roster. If he's on the PUP to start the season, he will not count against the 53-man roster. So I think right now, obviously, Randy Gregory, Frank Clark, Jonathan Cooper, those are my top three locks. And then if he's healthy, Baron Browning, right? Those are got to be your top four guys at the position group. The question marks come behind. And is there an opening? Or what do the Broncos really think of Nick Benito? I think we're fixing to find out, as Gary Kubiak might say on that one. But I ideally, I'm talking about an ideal world here. You'd love to be able to see Nick Benito develop in year two, right? And keep him on the roster. So that would be five right there. And then I would love to see Aaron Patrick make it again, Cody, and come back from that knee injury that he suffered, like you mentioned, against the Chargers last year. Just a really unfortunate situation. But a guy that was ascending, a guy who, like we've talked about, sleepers emerge in the preseason. He had a really good preseason for the Broncos last year, was really flashing that athleticism, that size, that physicality. He can go out there and make an impact on special teams. So I think in an ideal world, depending on what they do at other position groups, I would love to see them keep six guys here because you can never have too many pass rushers. And we saw, as you alluded to previously, what a lack of, of health at this position can do to you down the stretch of a regular season. Ah, just last year was so brutal seeing guys go down. And obviously, after the Bradley Chubb trade, everything was like, oh, no. You know, because Denver brought in, obviously, they made a trade. Didn't work out with Jacob Martin there. And just Denver couldn't consistently get to the quarterback. I know Martin had like an offside and he sacked Ryan Daniel, but they called it back because of the penalty. You're like, ah, you know, that would have been a great, okay, hey, Denver's in a good position here. Obviously, he dealt with an injury. It's just a position that requires so much. And look, not only do these guys have to rush the quarterback, they also have to be very consistent. They have to be solid against the outside runs. They have to keep contained. Like, people fail to realize how complex it is. It is tough because, look, as an edge rusher, you're more than likely, there's you're lined up outside. You're either in a wide nine, sometimes you're in a seven tech. And what you're doing is you have to attack an offensive tackle with your inside hand and you have to hit their outside shoulder and keep your other outside hand free. That way, if it is a run, you can step and stretch, but you always have to squeeze it down, squeeze down the end man on the line of scrimmage there to plug against the run. So playing edge rusher, it's not just about, okay, hey, go get the quarterback. It's about, can you cover in the, in the flats? Can you contain against the run? Like, and can you get after the quarterback? These are all three fundamental things that you need. And you need guys. I think that could be pressure, uh, pressure creators. What have we heard? 
from Sean Payton talking about like they, they've identified in free agency. They've identified in the NFL draft guys who can create pressure, not based on just scheme, but based on their ability. And so maybe how does maybe Drew Sanders in certain situations, considering his past, how does he maybe fit into this equation as well? It might give you some leeway to maybe go into the regular season with less guys on your active roster at edge rusher because you have a guy at linebacker who can play a little bit of both that hybrid style there. To me, I think that might be a little bit of a wild card to see if that plays out during the NFL preseason. But I'm in agreement with you in terms of who I have on my roster projections here. Randy Gregory, I think Frank Clark, I think Baron Browning, Jonathan Cooper. And I'm glad that you brought up the PUP thing before the season here with Browning, because if that's the case, then it does allow Denver maybe carry another guy. And then once Baron comes back, they're obviously going to have to make a corresponding roster move to be able to free up space for him to return. I've got Cooper and I've got Aaron Patrick and Benito on that back end there. Benito is really the big question mark here. And I hope that he can take the next step forward. I know I think a lot of Broncos fans are also feeling the same way too about the late second round pick. I think even going back to his sample size last year as a rookie, like he didn't play much in terms of the defensive side of the ball, but there were times where his sample size, his pressures, quarterback hits, even had his first sack. I think it was against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're like, okay, hey, you can start to see some of these things here with a guy like Nick Benito, but can you do it consistently? That is the biggest question of all things here, but that's how my roster projection goes. I like it, Cody. And I like that there's, you know, plenty of obviously homegrown talent among there. The, obviously the injury concerns over Baron Browning, but maybe Baron Browning and Jonathan Cooper and Nick Benito can be the future of this position group for the Denver Broncos. I was just looking up over the last three seasons it's really been a disappointing position, but and and in kind of an underrated way, right? I mean, the Broncos have had Von Miller and they've had Bradley Chubb. Those are two top five picks. Why have certain guys played over a hundred and sometimes even way more than that snaps? And here's a, a quick list of guys who have played a significant chunk of snaps for the Broncos off the edge since 2020. Talking about guys like Malik Reed talking about Jeremiah Atauchu. I'm talking about Anthony Ciccolo, talking about uh, Malik Reed and, and Stephen Weatherly. And even last year we saw, like you said, Jacob <laughs> Martin. Like these are these are players who, no, uh, no disrespect to any of those guys, they should not be playing a significant chunk of snaps for a defense that's been one of the better defenses in the NFL the last handful of years. So it just goes to show why has Edge been a problem position for the Denver Broncos? Well, first of all, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb sustaining injuries that really the team couldn't recover from. And then also behind that, it's not having guys on the ready to really take up that mantle and play at a high level. And that's, again, all due respect to Malik Reed, who did very well considering the circumstances when he came aboard in 2019 as an undrafted guy. But the fact that he played such a significant amount of snaps for the seasons that he did in Denver is really indicative of the problem. So, again, all due respect to those guys, but guys like Anthony Ciccolo should not have been playing a substantial number of snaps off the edge for an NFL roster in recent years. So it just goes to show you, you can't have too many pass rushers. I hope the Broncos continue collecting at the position. Take some more dart throws of free agents at training camp. You know, go after guys and see what they can bring. Let the best man win. It kind of reminds me, you know, the Joker comes into the room and he's like, hey, we're having tryouts for, for our team or whatever. And he breaks the, the pool stick in half and he throws it at the guys. That's what the Broncos edge room should be like. It's like, hey, we're having tryouts right now and the best man is going to make the team. And we need five or six guys that can put heat 
on these quarterbacks in the AFC West. It's so important, especially in the AFC West, is is with teams that like to get the ball to their hands quickly. I mean, the Justin Herberts, the Patrick Mahomes. I mean, these guys, they love to get the ball out quickly, and that helps neutralize a pass rush presence. I mean, Derek Carr, for as many years he was in the AFC West, that was the biggest reason why Derek Carr carved up the Broncos. They could never get after him enough from the edge rusher position or defensively. They couldn't sack him enough because he's catching the ball. He's going to a spot. He's telegraphing it, and, and it's working. And he was dicing up the Broncos, whether in man or his own coverage. It was very frustrating to watch, but that's how you neutralize a really good pass rush. You go with a quick passing game. Also saw that in the Super Bowl with the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs, not necessarily the field surface, which is why the Eagles pass rush couldn't get home. Anyways, that's another conversation for another day. But Broncos country, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Lockdown Broncos, that'll wrap things up here today. But for all you everydayers out there, here's what you can expect on tomorrow's episode of the show. It's the running back position. We dive into our running back training camp preview. Are the Broncos set? Do they need to bring in any more guys? Or who are some guys who can emerge? Could the Broncos have an undrafted rookie free agent that explodes in the preseason? We think so. We'll talk about it on tomorrow's brand new episode, Locked On Broncos.